Hey Dave, I'm thinking about doing another revolution. Do you want to join up? I might need some help with organising the pamphlets though. Pop culture pastor. So Cody, I want you to imagine that you've just been in an auto accident. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was raining. Maybe it was sleeting. Who knows? There was precipitation on the ground. Okay. You start. Oh, go go ahead. I was going to say, I have witnessed auto accident recreations in the the commercials. (laughs) On the TikTok. (laughs) Um, My dear friend... And friend of my other friend, Travis Kelsey, Aaron Sachs. Oh, and yeah. associates. Uh huh. Have, have you been commercial. injured in an accident? Aaron Sachs and associates, and apparently Travis Kelsey can help. Yes. You know that? Like, listen. Nobody understands what we're talking about unless you're just from Middle America. If you're, if you're from Missouri or Eastern Kansas, you get you get it. You get it. If not, I'm sorry. I wasted your time. <laughs> okay. So you're hydroplaning. You, you catch a little, you, you turn sideways and you catch a little bit of solid ground and your car starts to turn over. Now, I want you to, you're not seriously injured. It's a slow roll, but, oh. you, but you turn over and you're on your roof. Like most of the time, if you're hydroplaning, you have to be going like 55 or faster. Nah, no, you could, you could be going slower in hydroplane. I've seen it. I've seen it a thousand times. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just, just, I, I mean, the main thing I want to say is you're not in serious jeopardy here. Okay. But you're disoriented. You're confused. Uh, as you're, you're laying on your roof, you're like, well, I could die. What's happening? Am I okay? You're like taking stock. And then a hand reaches into the car and in a gruff voice, he says, give me your hand, brother. And it's Hollywood Hogan in full NWO gear. That's the Hogan I would want to save me. According to TMZ, this actually happened. <laughs> How trippy is that? Uh, he's literally, look at the picture. He's literally wearing NWO gear because of course he is. Is Hulk Hogan just like Ric Flair? Like he does he believe that he's Hulk Hogan now? And, um, and not Terry Balea? So... I would think he struggles with it. I yeah. don't know because physically his body's like, nope, and he's not out there trying to force it like a one Richard Flair is. Richard Flair? Yes. <laughs> um, but Hulkster does struggle with being a larger than life persona yeah. and being Terry. I mean, this is that's a wild story, though, right? Do you tell that story till the end of days? Um, unless you don't know who the Hulkster is, and then uh, Mister Nanny is where I will point you to. So there I was on the one forty-five in New Jersey or Florida, wherever they were at. I don't even know where they were at. I don't care. It doesn't matter. There I was on the I forty-five. And uh, things went things went south. It was bad out there. We lost a lot of good men. And uh, my car flipped. I lost control. I don't know what happened. And everything went dark. And then in the darkness, I heard the guitar chords. <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> That's just an amazing story. Like... That's the best thing that's ever happened to them, right? 
Probably not. <laughs> no? I don't know. I mean, being saved, yes. Yeah. From a car that's upside down. I don't know if being saved by Hulk Hogan like adds anything or takes anything away. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, Hulk Hogan admittedly maybe not a great dude at various points in his life, yes. But we're not t- we're not thinking about him. This is just about us. And if the story you get to share at to break the ice at every break icebreaker you'll ever need. Yeah, once I got rescued out of my car by Hulk Hogan. True story. Mm. But not just Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Oh, and that's then amazing, he spray man. painted my car with the <laughs> NWO, <laughs> and then he hit me with his workout belt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, have you heard about this story about Guy Fieri, the mayor of Flavortown? Is he the mayor? Is that yeah. just it? He's not like the governor of Flavor State. No, he's <laughs> the mayor of Flavortown, <laughs> the president of Flavor Nation. Nope, that's not who he is. That's Paula Dean. I don't know if that's Paula Dean. <laughs> um, so the Food Network star was uh, recently on Fox News. Oh, that's a bold choice. Yeah, I, you, I wouldn't have guessed that. I, w- I wouldn't have guessed that. But his message, this thing that um, he said on there, I assume would play well in the conservative market. He said uh, he had inspiration from Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq Shaq. Diesel. And he was talking about his kids and what he would leave behind to his kids when he passed away. Because obviously Guy Fieri is pretty wealthy. Um, He has multiple restaurants. Yeah, many shows, restaurants. um, But he was talking about leaving money to his kids, leaving his estate uh, in his will, and he said, Shaq said it best. He said, if you want this cheese, you got to get two degrees. And um, he said, uh, well, that means in my family, uh, postgraduate stuff. So basically, his kids got to go get get go to college, get two degrees. Um, they can't just go to a JUCO, get their associates, and then get their bachelors? No, I would assume it's in writing that they can't they can't find a weaselly way out of that. I already weaseled my way in it and out of it. Dude, you got a master's degree. Yes, but. You more than qualify. You are eligible now for Guy Fieri's <laughs> estate. I need you to. You kind of look like him. I need to meet my long lost dad. Dude, if you bleached your hair, <laughs> you, you, you just maybe get the short look. That have the flames on the side. You need to gain about 50 pounds. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's he told his his family that uh, his kids that they've got to go to school, go to make something of themselves to be eligible to be for their inheritance. What do you think about that? Do you, you like that? Um, I guess it would combat the living off of your your parents' name and wealth. Yeah, and should be a motivating factor to make. It's so that you make something of yourself and live a life that has meaning. Because I think if we don't have motivating factors, it's real easy to to spiral out of control because there's no guiding point. Um, faith can be that and probably should be that. Uh, but um, even with that, I think having some 
some things that you can strive for and things you can do with your your time and your energy, your passions. Um, so I'm not anti it. Now, if Guy is listening, hey, Guy, I just need an Xbox Series S <laughs> with a good quality headphone headset so that way I can play Rocket League with Dave. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, right. You know, you could go get a headset for a quality one for 70 bucks. So, like, 350 400 that's all I'm asking. Yeah. I yeah. hope that that's more or less than the inheritance that your kids are being offered. <laughs> just for, you know, just to get the deets out here. Uh, Guy Fieri has had two dozen Food Network shows. He has a restaurant empire that encompasses 17 brands, including Chicken Guy, Flavortown Kitchen, and Guy Fieri's American Kitchen and Bar. And he recently signed a three-year contract with the Food Network worth approximately $100 million. That's according to Variety. Um, He has a restaurant. It's not really a restaurant, but a food stand at Kauffman Stadium. What kind of food they have there? I think barbecue. Barbecue? Yeah. So, I mean, this dude, I can see, like, first of all, I was surprised because it seems like a very conservative thing. And he seems like a liberal dude. In fact, I think he is. I mean, I, I think we would you'd place him in the liberal category if I remember some of his political stances right. Um, You can't just label someone as this one thing all the time. No, that's true. That's true. This is, and it's, but it's just interesting to me because um, he, for, and you got to be worth a lot of money for this to be your thinking. Like you said, um, we've seen kids of celebrities, of rich people who like haven't done, I mean, we've seen that in the Christian environment. I mean, you, oh, you yeah. talk about some of those big mega church pastors kids, like some of them are out there trying to be, you know, hardcore rappers and stuff. And dad's like fronting the bill for their recording. Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Even if he's like rapping about, you know, killing people, which seems like a weird double which standard. <laughs> he has not done, presumably, because he grew up in yeah. a very privileged household. He is decidedly, the guy I'm thinking of is decidedly ungangsta. I think I'm thinking of the same guy. Yeah. We won't get into that, though, because that's not what this podcast is about. Which, by the way, we're pop culture pastor. Oh, yeah, that's right. We are pop culture pastor. Um, we need to talk about uh, last week was our 2024, 2023. 2023. 2023. I decided 2023 pop culture pastor, pop culture awards, the PCPs, PCs. Wait a minute. The PCP, PCAs of 23. That's going to stick. That's going to stick, I think. It rolls off the tongue. We had three awards that you, the listener, could vote on. And we had over well over a thousand votes all told. That's bananas. It is. It's kind of crazy. And we had a lot of people uh, commenting. Boy, there was some hardcore opinions going on. I on there did too. see one that had a snubs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ha- follow the House of Usher. They were up. They were upset. I was with them. That was quality. Yeah, quality I, Netflix. You don't show. hear a lot of people talking about that show though. How come it didn't get a the, lot of views? The people that know, know. Yeah. 
But Why do you think it didn't get a lot of views as other Netflix shows? Do you think it was just because it was the the genre? I do think that like it did have a lot of views the two or three weeks after it debuted, but yeah. like, but it's not in the top three to three or five Netflix shows for the year for streaming. Well, that's because Netflix has some diversity in their shows that include all the anime viewings. <laughs> I can't compete. <clears throat> um, okay. The Lava Lamp Award for Best Geek Movie of the Year. Someone was like, someone commented, by the way, I, don't, I never heard of a Lava Lamp Award. And I just uh, replied, it's a very prestigious award. <sighs> it's upper echelon. <laughs> the best. So rare that yeah. there's only going to be one for a while. Yeah, till next year. <laughs> unless we rename it something else. It's the best geek movie of the year. And uh, your votes, your vote spoke. It's Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Uh, when I voted, my vote was not for that. You voted? I did. Man, that my, seems wrong. My <laughs> one vote could have swayed the whole thing. It could have made could have made a difference. Uh, it didn't. This won by like four hundred votes. G O T G three. Oh yeah, yeah. I, At one point, it was leading. I saw a lot of opinions on that post. We posted all these on Facebook, by the way. And you Bold had to, choice. You, you just had to hit the emoji of the one that corresponded with what you wanted to vote for. And there was a lot of strong emotions for all the movies, right? Well, there were a lot of people who thought Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was the best. And frankly, I thought they were all good movies. Some people didn't understand why Wonka was considered a geek movie. And to that, I would just say, well, geek is broad. Like, some Very people are so. geeky about musicals. Word. Some people are geeky about just Charlie and the Chocolate Factory stuff. It, that's, a, that's its own, you know, that's its own IP now. Oh, yeah. Apparently. Wonka. The Wonkaverse. <laughs> I don't know if we need a Wonkaverse. No, we probably don't. Uh, the Watch Alongs Award for Best TV Show of the Year. The award goes to Last of Us on HBO. Loosely based on my real life story. Yeah, it's rough out there it in is. the Cordyceps world. Very much so. Uh, uh, on a side note, I texted you a picture of an energy drink today that one of the ingredients was cordyceps mushrooms and i was like Woof, what is this nonsense um they didn't learn anything from that show or the video game <laughs> uh the pop culture pastor winner of the year the most prestigious of the awards the most prestigious of the awards this was a tough one i'm really hoping it's my friend marty <laughs> Marty was not nominated. Um, maybe next year. Biggest snub of the year. He's doing a movie about Jesus. You never can tell. Indeed. He might be the winner of the year next year. But this year, a surprise winner, I think, because Taylor Swift was nominated, but she did not win. She what? came in second to this guy, the winner of the year, Pedro Pascal. Everything's coming up, Pedro. Oh, well. Not in the other award shows. Well, that's why our award shows are better. Kieran Culkin is sweeping the awards. <laughs> Literally. And then he tells Pedro, I got two words for you and quotes Triple H. <laughs> so and, and then Kieran was celebrating by drinking too too much Coke. Yep. And probably wetting the bed. Slightly embarrassing. Yeah. 
no, Pedro Pascal, man. He had a big year. He's Last of Us. Um, he's got cast, apparently, maybe, as Reed Richards. Although they've never really... Marvel's never really come out and said, yes, we cast him. But everyone says that's who's cast. I don't believe it. You don't believe it? I'm a skeptic. I am. I want to be a skeptic just because I, and I talk, we talked about this on a past episode. I'm just not, I don't, I love Pedro Pascal, but I just don't see Reed in him. Unless you're going old Reed. I mean, yeah, I guess. Pedro doesn't, like Reed Richards to me is someone who should embody like braininess, but also like not your typical nerd because he can be dangerous too. He's 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 too confident in what in his opinions. He thinks he's right. Um and that gets him into trouble sometimes in the comics. Mm. And I don't know, man, Pedro just seems he, Pedro seems tough, but also like he's got that soft center, you know, like he's got a good heart. That's that's the characters he's got. Rough exterior softy on the inside so they really need to get whoever did the voiceover acting for dexter's laboratory i'm not familiar with that guy um dexter he was a mad scientist kid that he was all about science but he was willing to be dangerous with it okay yeah that's that's reed richards for you that's exactly what i'm thinking okay uh we are here today for what we're looking for last week was our award show of 2023 this week it's what we're looking forward to in 2024 so we're going to take a break we'll come back and talk about that we'll be right back comfortable you get y'all settled in i am let me get a hold on let me get a drink of my propel water they do not sponsor us by the way so maybe uh, bleep that out to my producer who's sitting in the booth okay bleep that out because they don't give us any money unless they want to nobody gives us any money uh so i shouldn't have said what kind of water i was drinking um but yeah we're here to talk about what we're looking forward to in 2024. This is always one of my my favorite episodes. And um, I don't know, one of these days, uh, I, I should have, I, I always think of this when we're recording, Cody, but I never think of it when we're planning. We should have come up with predictions. Like we should have had to predict. Maybe we'll just do it on the fly at the end. You're asking too much. When we go through the movies, we should try and predict what we think will be the top grossing movie of 2024. And then oh. we can revisit it. Later on, when mm-hmm. we do the 2023 in you know tie up awards, and see how right we were, always right. That's yeah. me. So I figured we'd start with TV, a nice big category, and we you know then end with movies, and we'll sandwich a couple smaller ones in there. Um, but I thought we'd start with TV. Of course, anything on a network or streaming uh, channel is fair game here. And um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I'll let you go first this time. Okay. I'm going to start with Masters of the Air, which is going to be on HBO. It's it's another Hanks, Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg 
uh, series of World War II stories. It's sort of like a, it, this has been described as kind of a loose trilogy. You got Band of Brothers, of course, which came out, seems like it was yesterday, but it was a while back. The Pacific, and now it's Masters of the Air. They're taking to the air, obviously, with the title, as we follow the United States Army's 100th Bomber Group, starring Austin Butler, Elvis, and uh, Barry Keegan, who I think is the Joker in the new The Batman movies. Yes. Eventually. We didn't actually get to see him, but he was also in The Eternals, uh, Barry Keegan. He was. And so, uh, yeah, that's I'm looking forward to that. I like a good, man, Hanks and Spielberg, obviously, they just know how to present those war stories, especially World War II. Mm. Now, if this was um, Hanks and Howard, they'd be going to the moon. <laughs> we need a loose trilogy built around <laughs> Apollo 13. Uh, Houston, we have another problem. We haven't gone back to the moon since the 70s. I think we're uh, the moon was becoming uh, all the rage again. Like China just went to the moon. So other people are going to the moon. Who's going to the moon? I think we want to go back to the moon. Didn't like Joe Biden come out and say, like, we're going back to the moon. And everyone got all excited. I'm like, didn't we already go there? There's nothing there. There's some rocks. <laughs> it's a lot of rocks. It's just <laughs> rocky. Um, and according to movies, maybe some aliens who wish us harm. Uh, you never know. Potentially. All right. Uh, give me one of your TV shows you're looking forward to in 2024. Okay. Brace yourself. I'm braced. Netflix. Live action. All Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> All the Netflix. All the Netflix. Um, but no, Netflix is making a live action uh-huh. of a, another sort of anime oh okay but cartoon of sorts avatar the last airbender it's happening yes 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 um on netflix yeah tell me about it okay so i'm highly unfamiliar with this series by the way a so much better than Avatar and Avatar, whatever the second <laughs> one was called. The unrelated James Cameron movie. <laughs> yes, where he steals elements of Avatar and then... Are you, is that on the record? Are that's you, on my are record. You, are you saying that for, for sure? Allegedly steals elements. Alleged James Cameron slander. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like so the cast of this actually has some recognizable faces. There's a guy from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Sun Hyung Lee. Uh, Arden Cho is in it, and she was in Teen Wolf, like either the last season or second to last season. And then Danny Pudi, <laughs> a.k.a. Abed from Community. Is All right, it. nice. Okay, so tell me, give me like the 30-second overview of what this is about okay so there are four tribes and they are represented by various elements so there's mm-hmm. the airbending tribe there's waterbending tribe there's fire and there's um earthbending if i didn't say earthbending if i did then Earth, water wind fire, fire water yeah okay. basically an r&b group from the 70s yes um and so um they they have their nations but the fire nation is 
conquering all the nations because the Avatar, who brings balance to everyone, because theoretically he or she is able to control all the elements, even though they're from a specific tribe, has been missing for a hundred years. Oh. Until two teens from the Waterbender tribe find them or find the Avatar. And then, boom, chaos. All elemental hell breaks loose. I Not yet. It no. takes a little while to oh, get okay. there. All right. But, yes, hey, it's you, coming. Do you remember the toys uh, Battle Beasts? Yes. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, that, the elements were a big part, and they had the little uh, the heat-sensitive sticker on their chest. You didn't know what it was when you bought it at the store. And then you'd have to put your thumb on it and heat it up. And it was like, oh, fire. Nailed it. <laughs> but, like, the idea was it was like, um, you know, it was like a paper, scissors, rock. Yeah, type rock, game. paper, scissors, shoot. And some elements beat other elements. And, like, yeah, I, I don't know. That just made me think of that and how cool that toy was when I was a kid. So, yes, I'm excited. Um, the reason I did say that James Cameron allegedly steals elements it's because literally one movie was based around like being in like an earth well, ground it, and then the next one was based around being in water. Didn't the creator of Avatar the Last Airbender say something cheeky on Twitter about it? Like they did. He didn't like outright say it, but he's it was cheeky. He said if the next one's about fire. <laughs> Yes, I'm with them. <laughs> James Cameron, you dog. <laughs> uh, the next one on my list is uh, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which might sound familiar because it's uh, based on the old uh, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie movie, which I can't watch anymore. I know. So much pain because that's where Angelina stole Brad from, from Jen. That's not what happened. That's what people said happened. People. Not the National Enquirer people. <laughs> that would be my grandma used to say that. She would like come and she would say, did you hear that, uh, you know, George Clooney robbed uh, robbed some senior citizens of $20? Yes. She, I made that up on the fly. But she would say something crazy like that. And I'd be like, Grandma. Did you read that in the Inquirer? And she was like, no, no, that's, I heard that from, from people. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyways, um, that's neither here nor there. This is a story where they've kind of reworked it. It's not a straight up um, reboot or remake starring our friend Donald Glover from Community. Oh, yes. Yeah. Maya Erskine, Paul Dano in it, John Turturro, wonderful character actor. Uh, Donald Glover and Maya Erskine play strangers who take on jobs as spies with uh, perks and one major catch. Their new identities are as a married couple. So it's kind of a flip, right? So they start off as strangers and they have to pretend that they're married in the course of their spy work. Mm. Yeah. And I don't know. You know I, I'm just at the point where I'd pretty much watch anything with Donald Glover in it. Lana was good. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard. I, I saw a couple episodes, but I didn't have. A, I don't really have new. Usually, have time for new TV shows, but I think I'm going to make time for. Mr. I and know because I have suggested so many, and so many <sighs> have gone unwatched. Looking at you, Sandman and Peacemaker, but that's why you're here. You're our TV correspondent. Um, next on my list. Yeah, I am the talent. 
So <laughs> disregarding that comment. Um, Sorry, I couldn't resist. It was just so fun to say. My first one was a new series. This one is a series coming to an end. Oh, so yeah, it's an existing TV show. Yes. But a big season? Last season of What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Okay. So this is another one I haven't watched and people say it's good. Oh, it's so hilarious. Now, what's it about? So it... This is, is the a, pirate one? No. No, this is the vampire one. This is the vampire one. Yeah. So this is a spinoff from a movie that starred Taika and Jemaine from Flight of the Concords. Uh, about vampires, but this series follows a different group of vampires living in the the New World or America, and um, they come from different parts of Europe, and they have hilarious accents, except for Colin Robinson, who he's an energy vampire. So the rest are like your normal vampires. This one, he just drains the energy by boring you to death. <laughs> And he is hilarious. I've known a few people like that. Bazing. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, they usually have on um, some good guests throughout the season. Um, but this is the last season. Wow. Uh, six seasons, and they started off with a movie. So they don't need to do six seasons in the movie. There you go. Unless they want to make a new movie just around these four, in which that'd be epic. Now, is Jermaine Clements, is he from New Zealand, too? Yes. Yeah. They got the whole New Zealand crew there. Well, so Jermaine and Taika have both made appearances in this show, but like just five minutes here, and then they're gone. So they're not the stars. No, they, they're just the executive producers. They um, were in the movie. They starred in the movie, but it follows a completely different group of vampires. Oh, okay. So the movie follows vampires. Now, what network is that on? FX. FX, okay. I might have to check that out. They have all the shows. Yeah. Um, Including The Bear, which we have not watched. That's another one on my list. We're currently, I'm currently watching uh, Fargo. That's one we're watching. And my wife wants to watch um, All the Light We Do Not See, I think is the name of it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's on Netflix, maybe. But that's the next one she wants me to watch. Um, Which Fargo on FX. Yeah. Yeah, FX has got some good stuff. Including Justified. Justified. Yeah, one of our favorites. Uh, the next one on my list, House of the Dragon on HBO, or Hot D, as the kids call it. <laughs> Did you know that? Does he you know that's what the youth uh, call it? You know, H-O-T-D? Um, that's the initials, Hot D? That's not what I would call it. Yeah. Uh, House of the Dragon. Did you watch House of the Dragon? You didn't, right? Not yet. Yeah. I resisted it for the longest time. I, I am still, I think, scarred by the way Game of Thrones ended because as as anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while knows, I love Game of Thrones, the books. Uh, I was very into them. And when HBO started making the series, I was excited about it. Now, they did HBO things and they th- there were people and characters in there that weren't in there. And there was a lot more adultness stuff in there not that the books were for kids by any stretch of the imagination but there was just a lot of things that kind of you know are familiar to hbo series and that that was something that i didn't really appreciate in that but mostly my problem with the game of thrones series was 
other than those things, it was very well done until like the last two seasons, which, you know, because George R.R. R. Martin decided he was going to let TV write the rest of his story, basically, because I don't think he's ever going to finish that story. Do you think he's going to finish it? Like, why would he now? I like to think, like, after his death, <laughs> they will take his notes and just throw it all together, and then you'll be like, oh, the series was actually better. In 80 years, we're going to be arguing. They're going to be arguing about what's canon, just like yes. Lord of the Rings, because George R. R. Martin's sons are going to finish it from his notes or something. Don't do it. Don't do it. I don't even know if he has sons. I assume he does. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, anyways, by the time I finally decided, okay, like I had a, a, a friend just keep pestering me. It's like, dude, you got to watch House of the Dragon. I don't know what I must do to get you to watch Peacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> keep bugging me, I guess. I guess that's the answer. I don't know either. I just happened there was a weekend where I just happened to have the time. The kids were off doing other things, and so I could watch it during the day. That's the key. If I have time during the day when I don't have to worry about kids walking around and catching some stray F-bombs and stuff, you know, like I can watch stuff mm. that's on some of the cable networks and not have to worry about it. Um, but I watched the first couple episodes. I'm like, okay, this is, this is interesting. And by the third or fourth episode, it had me. It grabbed me. And I thought, man, this is a really, really good show. Um, it had all the hallmarks of Game of Thrones, which it feels like Game of Thrones. It has all the family intrigue, even more so in this, because it's pretty much all about uh, the Targaryens and their pending civil war. I mean, that's the kind of the weird part is I just thought that this wouldn't be good because we know what happens, right? Who amongst us doesn't know what happens? But it's like... A <laughs> It's like a slow burn in a way that's that kind of builds the tension well. And by the time you hit the season finale and what happens in that happens, like one of the, oh, you know, spoilers, a kid dies. What? One of the dragon riding kids. And it's shocking when it happens. You're just like, whoa, did that just happen? I, I wanted more. I wanted more. And so I was, I was kind of stunned. It stars Matt Smith, of course. Doctor Who, one of the fame. one of the famous doctors, and man, the difference from the regular Game of Thrones is it's got all the dragons, tons of dragons. Well, it was a big deal when the dragons came into Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, so by the time you know you hit the Game of Thrones stories, dragons have been disappeared for for many generations, and so in this one, they're in full strength and they're huge. They're much bigger. Than the ones in Game of Thrones. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, and Matt Smith's very good in it, by the way. Is he ever not? No. No, he's not. But okay. He's, he, I, I didn't know. I just didn't know if he'd have it in him to be like the tough guy. Damon Targaryen is who he plays. Man, he, he, I, he, I'm afraid of him. He reminds me of me. <laughs> I was just thinking the other day, <laughs> Cody and Damon Targaryen are pretty much twins. Pretty much. Twinsies. Um, so the the last one on my for sure happening list, because, okay. I mean, there's a lot of rumors. So many rumors, but. Um, oh, so this one, does this, this is like maybe, maybe, maybe not. 
This one, we don't know if it's going to happen. I do think that this one does get released in 2024, but it'll be late. Welcome, Jimmy Gunn. DC because the penguin is dropping and it oh yeah yeah somehow it's not a part of the Elseworld story of the Batman it's a part of the new universe now how does that work don't ask questions you don't know the answer <laughs> to <laughs> why do bad things happen to good people <laughs> I don't understand any of this James Gunn and I'm here for every second of it Colin Farrell unrecognizable as the penguin. So he is playing one of my favorite rogues, mm-hmm. very underrated, the penguin. Um, and he kind of connects everyone to everyone else. And so I'm here for it. You need the penguin. If you're going to tell a good Batman story, even though somehow my buddy Chris Nolan did it with only mentioning Oswald's name once. So uh, help me out. This is going to be like, what What are we saying? This is going to be like Sop- Sopranos combined with Batman. I hope so. Because it's going to be mostly about the gang life, right? Batman's not going to be in this, is he? Um, Have they said anything? I don't know. Because it's, I mean, it's literally called the Penguin. Um, I do think that you're going to get more of the, um, some more of the, the villains of Gotham and maybe that'd be kind of dope. A little bit of Arkham mixed in. Mm. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. All right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So they don't have a release date. That's just a maybe that is projected for the end of 2024 writer strike halted production, like halfway through. Yeah. And that's going to be HBO, right? Or not HBO. I keep saying Max. That. It's Max. Yeah, it's Max now. All the, I can't keep up. Um, my next one, I've got two that uh, that are going to be on Amazon Prime. Oh. And I was a little surprised by that because I don't watch a lot on Amazon So Prime. not Shogun, which is on FX. No, no, not Shogun. Was that Shogun looks, on your list? I thought you, you said that one was the last one. That is the last one, but Shogun looks intriguing. So it, I'm it, not... For sure saying, watch Shogun, but I might be checking it out for an episode or two. <laughs> He's like, I'm not saying I'm going to watch Shogun, but I'm probably going to watch Shogun. Yes. It's probably going to happen. I, that does look good. I thought the trailer looked good. Uh, this trailer, for some reason, sold me. And this is weird because in recent years, I've backed off my rule. My one rule. No video game? No movies and shows based on video games. But then I watched this trailer, and you know what's weird is the ones that I've enjoyed the best were ones, the games that I haven't played. Mm. So Uncharted kind of dug that movie, even though it was silly and kind of, you know, it's not cinema, as Marty would say. I kind of dug it. Uh, what was the one that came out last year that I liked? There was another video. Well, Last of Us was Last good. of Us was a video game. But that was phenomenal. Like, that's just a good show, period. Like, you, you don't even qualify that by saying, well, it's good for video game shows. No, no, no. That's a good show. My friend Nick Offerman won an Emmy. He, I mean, there you go. Um, well, I saw a trailer for Fallout. Are you mm, familiar with the uh, Fallout series? Very familiar with Fallout. So, from what I can gather, this is a game about, like, a post-nuclear world where everybody lives in underground bunkers? Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I saw the trailer for it. And let me tell you something. 
I don't know whether I'm just a sucker for post-nuclear, post-apocalyptic movies. <laughs> Maybe it's because Mad Max holds a nostalgic place in my heart. Um, but Book of Eli, all these post-apocalyptic movies, I just dig them. And this one looks fascinating to me. Absolutely fascinating. Game's fun to play. It kind of starts with a, a young woman venturing out of a bunker. She's got people like, no, don't do it. You know, like, don't go out there. And then we see all these crazy, it kind of looks like a, maybe it's sci-fi mixed with Western. Like, there's just wild characters that you see. Like, there's a dude with his nose burned off, basically. He looks, he's got flesh still, but he kind of looks like a skull. Radiation will do it to you every time. Uh, Walton Goggins, our friend Walton Goggins is in this. Michael Emerson from Lost. Mm. Yeah, or, you know, The Blacklist or whatever movie he was in, or TV show he was in. No. What, what was he in? I don't know. I don't know either. Who knows? He was in another big TV show. It's got some people in it, and it just looks so different. I think I'm in it, and by the same guy that brought us Westworld. Same oh. showrunners as Westworld. So now I'm so really kind of like in. My friend Chris Nolan's brother? Is that who it is? Well, he was one of the showrunners for Westworld. So Fallout, the TV show. Uh, let's see. Cinematography, genre... Uh, writers Jonathan Nolan. Yep. Yeah. So he's so he wrote it, and it's executive produced by the guy that did the game, which oh. is okay. So that's a pattern. The Last of Us, the the guy that actually wrote the game stuff, is the guy who was like spearheading the show. He was allowed to have a lot of creative control. So Jonathan Nolan and and helping writing this. Under the tutelage, under the working of, like, the guy who came up with the game, I think that's a good sign. Hey, the guy from Severance that does the Grubhub commercials or <laughs> whatever, he's in it. Zach oh, Cherry. Yeah. yeah, he was. Okay, so I didn't know his name, but in the trailer, I was like, oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's in Severance. Yes. As, uh, you know, the kind of nerdy guy. Which, rumor, it's not been confirmed severance season two comes out this year oh that would be on my list if it would have been confirmed yes definitely um i was wrong about michael emerson he wasn't in the whatever tv show i said he was in person of interest not the blacklist two different shows yeah wildly two different um but yeah i'm looking forward to fallout it just looks really fascinating and interesting to me yeah i'm here for it yeah um okay Let's move on to a different category. You want to do video games? Do you have any video games you're looking forward to? Um, so let me pull up my list on the video games because you got a lot of you got a list. No, but there's two in particular. Okay, well I'll start with one. I'll get one out of the way. Madden twenty five. <laughs> Forget that trash. NCAA football. Is that going to finally happen? I feel like they've been talking about that for three years. They haven't said the dates, but it's supposed to be in 2024. Are they going to have the actual player names now that they can get like paid? Theoretically, yes. Um, I honestly didn't care if you gave me like made-up names that made no sense whatsoever because 
I was more about the team and recruiting and yeah. Yeah. building up my dynasty at Kansas. Oh, back on the PlayStation, I would take the half a day it took to go ahead and fill out the roster myself. So, honestly, I don't need it. And now that, like, you can share files on these gaming systems, someone will have taken that half day and I will steal their work and thank them (laughs) with a five-star rating. Um, So, yeah, I I only have one. I looked through a list. I'll tell you what, video games are just, they look kind of amazing, uh, but they all look so time consuming. I think that's the big thing for me is I, when I get a chance to play a video game, I like to sit down and play like a Rocket League or a Marvel Snap on my phone because I know, I know that I'm going to play a game that's going to take five minutes and then I can be done. And so those are the games I like, but there was one that I saw that I thought, now that would interest me. It's called Star Wars Outlaws. Ooh. It's allegedly maybe an open world game uh, where you're not a force sensitive character. You're you're like a bounty hunter typeish character, uh, and it sounded very Red Deadish, open world, but you follow a story. I do like Red Dead, and like I think everyone's been clamoring for a Star Wars open world game for quite a while, and so. If that delivers on the promise of Red Dead, like Star Red Dead, but Star Wars, that one I might have to try. Um, so a game that I was hoping would come out next year or this year doesn't come out till 2026. Oh my gosh! Hold on to your horses for Elder Scrolls Six. It'll be a while, um, but. Uh, where did it go? Oh my goodness, I had um, Cody's having trouble with his list. I had it pulled up. Um, I don't have any more video games to uh, slot slot in here. Otherwise, other than I'll probably be playing a lot of Marvel Snap still. Um, so Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Ooh, okay, so I saw a trailer for that. Um, which I don't know if this falls into the the game plan of James Gunn and Pete Saffron, but um, they did want to make the video games connect to the cinematic universe. So, so if this does connect, then I've got to play it, I guess. Am I correct in assuming that you'll be fighting the Justice League? I hope so. Because that's kind of cool. Those jabronis need to be taken down a peg. That's kind of a cool concept. That's a very cool concept, actually. I'll beat the the nerd out of the flash. Let me be King Shark. (laughs) Um, That was all I had for video games. uh, Clearly, we're not super into the video games at at this point in our lives. But there's some stuff we'd like to play. I'm still needing... Papa Fieri. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, through. if someone wants to send us a new system, I'm still rocking like the the last generation Xbox, I think. Xbox One. Yeah. Well, I, well, I think I got an Xbox One S. Maybe Xbox S. Is that oh, a thing? So that's still the, the current generation. But oh. they have the X, which is like it can take... Uh, video game disc and it also has a terabyte of drive. Oh, you know, I don't have that. And then there's the S, which is the much more minimal compact one that has a way smaller drive 
and does not take disc. I bought mine for like $150 on Facebook Marketplace. Sweet. It's got ads. <laughs> Your game just randomly stops to get a McDonald's ad. Um, that, that would be epic. Um, music. I thought I would do music here. Uh, would you like to lead off music? Yeah. Did you have some albums oh, you're looking forward well, to? Oh, there's two that everyone, their mom's looking forward oh, to. Well, didn't tell me what those are because I don't know. My dear friend, Tay. Tay Tay. Um, Taylor Swift, she still has yet to reclaim her name and her reputation. Oh, and so, um, reputation and Taylor, the TS versions most likely are dropping this calendar year. Now, people into those, do they like them better than the originals? Um, where's the split? I would say there is some division amongst the peeps, especially with the older stuff. The newer stuff, her voice isn't that different than uh -huh. when she recorded it first. But you're going back. If you go back to the Taylor album, that's her very first one. So her voice has changed nine-day difference. Really? Uh, reputation, I imagine it's going to sound very similar, except maybe there's some new mixing. Um and you might get some, well, each time there's some unreleased songs from the vault and all the fans are like, ooh. It's so interesting. So like the guy that bought her catalog. Scooter. Scooter. So if she can just re-record these, but he owns the rights to them. So he still gets something, right? When she re-records them. Is that the, I don't know how it works. So he owns the rights to the originals. Oh, that's it. So, so she re-records re it and you listen to the re-recorded version, you are supporting Taylor. But when you listen to the scooter versions, as we're calling it now, um, you're not supporting Taylor as much. So what's stopping all these artists who've done that, who've sold their, their libraries like Bieber, Bieber sold his library, didn't he? Wasn't he one of the ones that sold his library for like I know Springsteen did and Katy Perry did. What's stopping them from just re-recording their albums and having it giving everyone those to listen to? And then that dude doesn't like seems kind of So Taylor didn't sell her catalog. Um the music company it's complicated. Okay. But just know that it's slightly different than what the other jabronis like Springsteen and Katy Perry <laughs> and maybe Justin Bieber are doing <laughs> those jabronis. Um, uh, I only have one album. What was your other one? Oh, well, those oh, were two, no, those are the two, two Both Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift albums that okay. are dropping. I did see green day was dropping Ew. an album. Sellouts. Did they sell out? I don't know. I feel like they sold out. Probably 15 years ago. Okay. Well, philosophical question. If you're a punk band, isn't the point where you make it big and start making money, aren't you just going to be sellouts by definition? I think so. I'm like, I don't think a punk band can win once they get famous. So you are either a diehard Green Day fan or you're like me and you're like, eh, they had like three songs. Yeah. I mean, I like some of their older stuff. And I, I and yeah, it's mostly the songs you would have heard on the radio. 
I thought Basket Case was great. Uh, you know, the the September song. No, wait, October. Which, which one is it? Wake Me Up When September Ends. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> and that's not even the name of the song, I'm pretty sure. It's just how it goes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I they hadn't come out with an album in three years, apparently. Um, but I thought, I thought, oh, that's interesting. I'd be interested to see. They're super political now. Well, they were political yeah. 15 years ago, at least. I mean, the name of one of their albums is American Idiot, which that. I recently said on Facebook that me and my friends may have like inspired that entire album. So I, I, I hinted at a story on Facebook. I suppose I should just tell the story. In the post, because I didn't see it. <sighs> okay, so... Um, well, the post was inspired because in our town, I, I assume most towns have like a Facebook group that's just kind of devoted to your town. Uh, and it's like things going on and it, it, if it's like our town, it turns into like a complaint forum as any social media should. Yeah. So somebody had posted the other day in our schnoot group on Facebook, about how some teenagers had kind of made some, you know, maybe some uh, not great remarks to them as they were walking into the local Chinese eatery. How dared they? Yeah. Uh, not like that they were really threatening or anything, but uh, it was it sounded like they were just being stupid teenagers, right? Uh, sounds like some teens that I have heard of in and, other communities. Yeah, and so you get the feeling from the, her post that maybe she threw it back at them a little bit then went inside and they were continuing to stare at her and make weird gestures through the window of the of the Chinese eatery. Well, she posted about it on Facebook and it prompted this whole like Facebook post comment, you know, marathon. And you know when that happens, it tends to, what's wrong with teenagers today? Oh, what happened to kids? We never did stuff like that. And I'm Cody, I just want to say that's a bold face lie. Teenagers of <laughs> teenagers have done stuff like that for a long time. You know how I know that? How? Because I've seen teenagers over the year do stuff like that and i've always thought dumb teenagers right i've never thought oh the world's going down to tubes <laughs> <laughs> but that's the kind of the comments it prompted so i felt prompted to comment in this thing I'm like hey you know what i don't i mean it's not great it's not a good look but i don't think we have to make this like a generational war like they just did something that dumb teenagers do sometimes and i think if we all think back about our time as teenagers we would come up with some memories that we're not too proud of. Um, I plead the fifth. I'm right. But I, I mentioned that I had one in particular that sounded a lot like this story. And it just so happened it involved Green Day. So picture this. I'm, I'm 18 years old. I'm in with my friends, my high school friends. We're in Taco Bell, 6th Street in Lawrence, Kansas. We're probably in line to get some bean burritos or maybe some extreme nachos. Who knows? Life was good. Loose cans. Oh, so many things that aren't on the menu anymore. <laughs> and we're in line when uh, this this bookmobile pulls up. Like it's an old bookmobile. You remember? The, you're probably too young for this. 
I mean, you grew up in the 80s and all. I did grow up in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. <laughs> so the bookmobile used to be this thing that would like some public libraries had that they would drive around to schools and stuff, just have a bunch of books on board. I grew up in a small community. Yeah. So that sounds too fancy and elitist for me, Dave. Okay, think an old UPS truck then. Okay, I'm familiar with these. W- with library books. <laughs> okay. You got my curiosity. So they had repurposed this and were touring in it. Side note, this is before they hit it big. I mean, right before. So these dudes walk in and like, look, again, I'm going to preface this with saying I'm not proud of this. We were stupid teenagers and people looking like Green Day looks like that's a more common look nowadays. Yeah, You see people like that that look like Green Day looks all over the place now. That was not a thing back then, especially in Kansas. Mm. So we're in Lawrence, Kansas, and these dudes walk in, and they've got colored hair, piercings everywhere, and they're wearing mascara. And like, look, I'm not judging now. I I don't care what you do, but I was a dumb teenager. And so we start like doing the coughing, saying terrible things. And trying to goad them into a fight. And Dave trying to take on the whole band of Green Day. And I can tell, like, listen, what you should know is we were big dudes. And Green Day, like, look, Billy Joe Armstrong is like five foot four. He's basically a hobbit. I mean, these dudes were little. But one of them was getting agitated. I think it was the drummer. And they're almost like, I won't say they were holding them back. But they were definitely like, hey, 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 stop it, stop it. You know, because, like, he was getting agitated. Because we, we thought we were going to have him. Again, shameful we were idiots dumb teenagers doing dumb things so the moral of that story is we're all hanging out at my friend's house the next morning because it was like a friday night saturday morning and uh we're watching mtv because that's what people our age did back then the mtv was on kurt loader comes on the screen kurt loader starts talking starts talking about this band i've never heard of green day and they said he starts talking about how they're touring around the u.s in a bookmobile and then they put them on the screen. And all at once, all of us at the same time, like, oh, hey, those are those dudes from the Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, anyways, we had a brush with greatness. Cause, and, and when I say we probably inspired the American Idiot album, uh, we probably inspired the American Idiot album. That's they, unfortunate. They probably, I wonder if they remember us. I wonder if they're like, oh, you, the, yeah, those tools. Probably. Um, so, anyways, Billy Joe. And the rest of the fellows in Green Day consider this my public apology for being an idiot teenager. About time. About time. It really is about time. Like I said, it was awful. We were stupid. And like now I can't even fathom it. I'm like, what was, what were we doing? Why? I don't know. But I do have one more album. Okay. You do. All right. You thought that story inspired you. Um, And it's off the beaten path. Oh, I don't know if you've heard of a, a gentleman by the name of Post Malone. Oh, he, it rings a bell. <laughs> it rings a bell. But Post Malone, now this is rumored, and he said while he was playing a video game, uh, let me get this up, Apex Legends. Okay. He's an Apex Legends guy. A country album is in the works. What? <laughs> and he's going to drop a country album potentially in 2024. At 20 years ago, 
that wouldn't have worked. But now country pretty much sounds like that. Um, I'm hoping he gets Jelly Roll on this album. <laughs> I can't believe this. is Sometimes, okay, so there's a restaurant here in Schnute, and I won't say which one. Uh, but when we go in there, they're often playing the country music video, like satellite channel. Yes. And uh, I just can't believe country music is what it is now. Having had family and friends that listen to country music back in the day, like it's not like way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. It's not that anymore. Like no. it was weird. I'm like, wait, this is country? It's been so long, but this is really radically different. Um, Now I'm intrigued because I think... They well, like rap. Well, I know, but I think Post Malone is going to release a more traditional country style album. Good for him. So country fans will hate it. It is going to be bananas. <laughs> okay. Do you have any books? I have one book. The Bible. <laughs> well, other than the Bible. Um, there's a book called Super Communicators by a guy named Charles Duick. Uh, I think he's done some TED Talks. You can go check that out. Charles Duhigg, D-U-H-I-G-G. This comes out February 20th, and uh, this is a little blurb. Through deep reporting and scientific scientific research, Charles Duhigg, the Pulitzer Prize-winning author of The Power of Habit, breaks down his tools for becoming someone with the ability to effectively communicate in any scenario, otherwise known as a super communicator. Duig argues there are three types of conversations, practical, emotional, and social, and super communicators can recognize which they are having and understand how to adapt accordingly, drawing on exchanges ranging from a jury deliberation to a surgeon advising a patient. Duig provides a framework for having more empathetic and productive interactions. I feel like communication is the thing that we're suffering at the most right now. That doesn't sound right. We do more communicating than we've ever done, but I think we've lost the ability to do it genuinely and sincerely and empathetically. Mm. Because if you can't do it genuinely, you can't be empathetic. Mm. I just think mm -hmm. this is important. Mm -hmm. I think we're losing the ability to really effectively communicate, even though we communicate more than ever. I mean, it's a good topic. I just don't know if it does anything in the grand scheme. I mean, it's fair. I'm, just look him up. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Guy knows his stuff. So you did inspire me because I only have one. Okay. So I don't know if you've heard of IPI Comics. No. So That's not real. You just made that up. I did. Is that Insane Clown Posse? IPI, oh. <laughs> not <Okay>. IPC. <laughs> ICP. Yes. <laughs> Insane <in> Posse Clown. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Comics joins Lunar Distribution for March 2024. There is a release of a, I guess it's going to be a comic book series, Caped Fear, Superhuman Horror Stories, uh, collecting works by George R. R. Martin, Jim Starlin, Mark Wade, Neil Gaiman, Roz, Kevany, Colleen Doran, and Jim Kruger, and many more. Wow. Wow. This is like, this is be like Tales from the Crypt if the stories didn't suck. 
get out of here, Crypt Keeper. That's <laughs> terrible stories. That show is terrible. Had okay. a good premise. That's super interesting. It is. And you had me at Neil Gaiman. I'm surprised George finished his portion. Horror is kind of making a comeback, right? I don't know if it ever truly goes away because it always has a following. Yeah. It just kind of evolves and changes. Um, All right. Are we ready for movies? Yes, we are. All right. Let's go into movies. Go ahead. Hit me with one. Terrifier 3. (laughs) No. No one saw it coming. No one. No one saw the first two. Um, People saw the first two. I have, I, say, I have heard people, I never heard of it before you brought it up in our horror pop culture draft. Now I see it everywhere. I'm so thrilled you're seeing it. Um, this time it takes place during Christmas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Why not? <laughs> um, and it stars the same guy playing Art the Clown, which, I mean, technically Art doesn't talk, so... You might not be losing a lot if you switch guys because they did switch guys from the first to the second. But the guy in the second, his mannerisms are great. He's an incredible face actor. Yes. Better than Costner. Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, Like, we might be talking Buster Keaton level stuff here, people. (laughs) Terrifier 3 on Christmas. Um, But I thought you were going to say in space. No, not yet. Name a more sure sign that a horror series has reached its conclusion. Jump to the shark, if you will. It uh, takes place in, in space or Manhattan. Yeah. Um, what was it? Was it Friday the 13th that they went to Manhattan or New York yeah. mm-hmm. and he can swim? Jason X was in space, right? Um, Halloween, they just had the season of the witch. And that was, I, I guess, the moment. <laughs> I don't know. Or, okay, you go to Manhattan, to space, or anytime you let Rob Zombie direct one of them. Ouch! Well, that was Rob Zombie one, right? The season of the witch one. That was Rob Zombie. I'm just saying, I don't know if we need to slander Robert Zombie. All right, I'm sorry. I guess I was just a little more human than human. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. My first movie is The Fall Guy. Oh, I've seen that advertised. Yeah. You know what? I think in this season of life, I'm just really into movies that are kind of cheese, that are light, airy. Uh, Oppenheimer was great. Oppenheimer is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life, but it's so heavy. It's just heavy. And I like that occasionally, but I really like just seeing a movie that I can eat some nachos to and enjoy. And this movie looks like cheese. It's got Ryan Gosling, Emily Blunt, Winston Duke. Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso. Uh, This is the blurb. After leaving the business one year earlier, battle-scarred stuntman Colt Seavers, played by Gosling, springs back into action when the star of a big studio movie suddenly disappears. As the mystery surrounding the missing actor deepens, Colt soon finds himself ensnared in a sinister plot that pushes him to the edge of a fall more dangerous than any stunt. Loosely adapted and remade of the famous 80s TV show. That I liked. The fall guy. He was a stuntman and he solved crimes. Like, you know, that happens. Lee Majors. (laughs) 
So yeah, I'm looking forward to it because it just looks the, the trailer looks goofy and fun. It is fun for sure. Ryan's got Gosling's got maybe some of that can energy going on in it. He's Kenuff. He is Kenuff. I'm here for it. What's your next one? The movie that Marvel fans will think saves the whole cinematic universe. We're going to talk about it now, aren't we? But in reality, all it is going to be is a Deadpool movie, which will bring in Buku Bucks. And so it won't necessarily state, is this saving the whole cinematic universe or not? Dude, it's got to connect. There's well, got to be some connective tissue here. There's already connective tissue in the first two that they wink, wink, nudge, nudge at. Okay, let's just be real serious right now. This movie has to hit, or Marvel well, might be gone. So this movie will hit, but it'll hit because it's a Deadpool movie, and Deadpool 1 and Deadpool 2 hit. You're that, not, that's what it is. You're not worried at all that this is Marvel Studios trying to do an R movie? Um, Ryan Reynolds still had his hand in it. Uh, it it's going to be Ryan Reynolds. See, you finally get Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in Disney full fledged, and you get him and Ryan Reynolds together, which is what the people have been asking for since that terrible Wolverine Origins movie uh, where yeah. they sewed Ryan Reynolds' mouth shut. I don't even know why you do that. That's so dumb. Like that's just the dumbest thing you could do for that character. Like, it it's was his a defining waste. his mouth is his defining characteristic. He's literally called the Merc with the mouth. Well, he didn't have one in that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, well, like listen, if you nailed me down and said you have to put your trust in a human, it's probably Ryan Reynolds. In Ryan Reynolds, I trust. Um again, I think it will be a great viewing. I will laugh. And I will say, we know nothing about how Disney slash Marvel's going to go into the future. Because all this does is kind of loosely connect everything in a Deadpool movie. Which is the way that you should do it, probably. Because Deadpool exists in his own little continuum of space and time and jumps places and does random things. I mean, the difference is from the other Deadpool movies is this is his introduction into the MCU. You, you, you gather that it's going to be about multiverse stuff. Uh, Owen Wilson is in it as Mobius. You know, the TVA is going to be involved. So you got Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Like, so you got X-Men coming into the MCU for the first time. This movie's carrying a lot. It's got a lot to carry. Again, it will be a Deadpool movie. Just like Guardians <laughs> was introducing the Infinity Stones. I'm with you. Um, it I'm was a you. Guardians movie. That's true. That's true. I think it can be good. I'm hopeful that it's going to be great. And the MCU will be back after, after Deadpool 3. It's the only MCU movie this year. Which... I'm okay with. We're probably going to get a trailer during the Super Bowl. That's just a few weeks away. I will laugh during the trailer, I presume. Okay. That would be a good sign. Um, My next movie is Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Lots of ofs in that title. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. That's how I say it to my wife, and she hates it. (laughs) I literally don't know any of the people in this movie. 
I don't know anyone in the cast. They did not seem familiar to me. But you know what? I don't even care. I love these movies. I never thought I would say that. The old Planet of the Apes movies, I watched them all the time as a kid. They'd always be on, like, in Saturday afternoons. Don't tell me that you're going to slander Charlton Heston's name. After you take it from my cold, dead hands. Ah! No, I'm not going to slander Charlton. Um, but I just wasn't a huge fan of them. But I know that a lot of people were. But I really like these new Planet of the Apes movies, starting with the one where, like, it's kind of the prequel, how it all starts. And then you follow Caesar, uh, the ape, who kind of leads the an ape revolution. And now he died at the end of the last one. But I don't even care. I'm, I saw the trailer for this. This I'm like, is like 300 years into the future. I'm in. I'm totally in. I'm in this story. I don't even know why, but it's just good stuff. It's just interesting to me. My wife likes it. I watch it. I think, eh, this is okay. You're not a big fan. That's okay. I could take it or leave it. All right. You should go back and watch the Marky Mark one. It wasn't bad either. I kind of dug that too. Yeah. I, trust me. Planet of the Apes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn you of stop, the you Planet stop it right of now. the Apes. <laughs> What's your next movie? Um, going to stick with superhero-esque movies. Mm. Um. DC's offering before we get into their cinematic universe. This is an Elseworlds There's project. There's another one? Joker. Oh, no. Come on. Yes. Fully adieu. You said that way wrong. And I'm going to do it on purpose <laughs> just for you. Uh, Fully adieu. Um, so, um, Lady Gaga's in it. Lady Gaga. Stephanie, as I like to call her. It's a musical. It is. This is going to be epic. Are you sure? Uh, the first one was amazing. You bring back Joaquin, or as some British people call him, Joaquin. Um, and uh, you have some of the original cast. You have the director coming back. This could be epic. Okay. I hope you're right. I'm worried. I'm a DC little concerned. DC does not need a home run with this. That's true. Um, and honestly, Joker has his own cult. It's like you put a Batman movie out, you know people are going to buy tickets. You That's also true. You put a Joker movie out, people are going to buy tickets. This is true. This is all true. I, I, I can't argue with any of that. Um, my next movie is If which is uh, two letters short for imaginary friends. But the name of the movie is If. Um, that one looks awesome. It was on my list. Yeah. Mr. Ryan Reynolds. Again, him and John Krasinski developed and star in this movie. Um, after discovering she can see everyone's imaginary friends, a girl embarks on a magical adventure to reconnect forgotten ifs with their kids. So it's like um, imaginary friends that have been tossed to the side. And the, the trailer looks great. I've seen a commercial for it. It looks hilarious. Of course, it's funny because Ryan Reynolds is in it. Um, it's got a massive voice cast. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Matt Damon, Steve Carell, Emily Blunt, Aquafina. <laughs> How dare you? Her voice is sort of annoying, but we'll, we'll look past that. Um, maybe she'll be channeling something different than her Shang-Chi character. She was just a little excitable. 
in Shang-Chi. But uh, I'm looking forward to that movie um, because, again, in Ryan Reynolds, I trust. And that movie looks good. Is he like the entertainer of our time? Mm, I'm not willing to go there just because I feel that there has been some significant lulls in his career. Okay. Like, if you would have asked me 25 years ago, is this guy going to be big? And I would have said yes. And you were asking what project was it that you were watching? Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place, which they lost the pizza place at the end of the run. If I tied you down right now, I put you on the spot, what's your favorite Ryan Reynolds project ever? What would it be? Just name it. Don't think about it. Just name it. That's not how we do it. It's exactly how you do it. I honestly don't know. Mine's just friends. Is that the one where he is... In high school, he's large, and then he loses weight and and goes back to his little town? Oh, it's hilarious. I love that. (laughs) So Leah loves that movie. Um, You know, I might still go with Two Guys, a Girl, in the Pizza Place. (laughs) That's cool. Um, Deadpool is up there. Deadpool is his most iconic thing, for sure. Yes. But man, Just Friends was hilarious. My wife and I still quote that movie from time to time. Okay. I I have one off the beaten path. Oh, okay. I think it's off the beaten path because I haven't seen it advertised. While I was doing research for this, I'm like, this is coming out in 2024. No one told me. I'm excited about this. So have you heard of the sci-fi adventure uh, genre? (laughs) I'm aware. I'm aware that there's sci-fi, science fiction. It's fun. This is called The Electric State. I really thought you were going to say part two of Rebel Moon. <laughs> um, no, that is on my list, but we're not getting there yet. Um, so The Electric State. Kihai Kwan. Oh. Millie Bobby Brown. Wow. Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah, Michelle yeah, yeah. Yao. Stanley Tucci. Anthony Mackie. Billy Bob Thornton, Jenny Slate. Do you want me to keep going? Because I will, because Brian Cox is in this, and I didn't even get to his name until very late. Yeah, is this a Netflix one? I don't know. I didn't do that much research. Hit me with the summary. You got the summary? Okay, set in an alternative world in the year 1997. I was well alive during that time. The Electric State follows a teenager named Michelle who sets out on a cross-country journey through a retro-futuristic United States to find her younger brother. Joining her on the journey is a robot sent to her by her, mother, by her brother to help her find him. It is from the Russo Brothers. Oh, wow. Okay. Dude, this looks amazing. Dude, there's tons of people. Anthony Mackie's in this. Chris Pratt? Michelle Yeoh? Dude, this, this cast is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm in the second line and I'm hitting Brian Cox and Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, I didn't even get to his name. What in the world, man? This is an incredible cast. Wow. Okay. Kihai Kwan, I trust. Oh, Kihai Kwan. So some listeners sent me the that Kihai Kwan's going to be at their con that's close to them in Orlando. And oh. I just got so jelly. I was just like, oh, my gosh. I don't even care how much money it was. I would shell it out to meet Kihai Kwan and get a picture with him. That would be so. And I'd let him and I'd let him sign my Funko of short round. I'd let him sign my face. <laughs> uh, yeah, that looks good. 
Uh, Netflix is, man, Netflix is just hitting it. They're hitting it right now. Um, uh, should we just do some fast style? Okay, yes. Yeah, do, are, do you have more? I, I do. Okay. So let him finish the story, which is a wrestling term. Um, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Part 2. It's going to be like in your face, Star Wars. You're trash. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Um, and it's also on Netflix. In your face, Star Wars, you're trash. It's what's going to be said after Rebel Moon Part 2. I mean, I'm hearing exposition in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that first one, there's so many characters sharing exposition. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm hoping Part 2 just hits me across the head. Uh, oh, how about A Quiet Place, Day 1? Um, here for it. Yeah, starring Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, prequel. To obviously to the Quiet Place movies. And admittedly, the best part of the second Quiet Place movie was the flashback scene at the beginning. So this is where this one's going to take place, obviously, day one. And I'm kind of looking, f- I want to see more of that. Who amongst us doesn't? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. That one is a must watch. Is Godzilla's it, uh, back. There's nothing about that trailer that makes you nervous. Nope. Godzilla's back. Everything about that trailer, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then you see the two of them running, and I'm like, whoa, that's corny. They're gigantic beast. If you see the graphics <laughs> of a T-Rex running, yeah, it's going to look corny. <laughs> How about Beetlejuice 2? I didn't need it. Beetlejuice 1 is perfect, and I don't need you soiling the good name of Beetlejuice. That's fair. I think it's fair. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I think, it, you know, it, you should be nervous. Like, but it's Tim Burton, so it's his stuff. I'm just saying I have seen his sequels to Alice in Wonderland. I didn't need those either. Michael Keaton, Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, Jenna Ortega joins the cast. Justin Thoreau, Monica Bellucci, and William Defoe. Comes out September 6th. Willem Dafoe is a national treasure and must be protected at all costs. Yeah. What else you got? Um, one that I didn't hear of until doing more research. Mickey 17. It's a sci-fi movie, but it stars the R-Pat. Oh, Robert, and okay. Mark Ruffalo. Oh. And evidently Stephen Yoon. Wow, Stephen Yoon is blowing up. He's back. He, he never left. Well, he he's kinda, in that show beef. He kind of did after getting his head caved in. Yeah, but he just won an award, didn't he? He did. What was that? A Golden Globe? Yes. Or an Emmy? Which Maybe all of the above. Uh, he's he's halfway to an EGOT. No, wait, Golden Globe is not part of it. Should have been. Transformers One comes out September thirteenth. The franchise returns to its roots with an animated prequel that explores the origins of the homeworld of Cybertron and the rivalry between Optimus Prime and Megatron. This has the Transformers movie from 1980s written all over it, and I'm super pumped for it. Listen to these voices. Orson Welles. Uh, (laughs) No. Uh, It's helmed by Toy Story 4 director Josh Cooley. Chris Hemsworth as the voice of Optimus Prime. Brian Tyree Henry as Megatron. Also, Scarlett Johansson, John Hamm, and Lawrence Fishburne, and Keegan-Michael Key. 
I'm intrigued. We need we needed we needed the Transformers to go back to its roots, man. All these newfangled Transformer movies are just uh, honestly make, make the me one sad. that came out last year was really good. Yeah, might be the best one out of the live action series. I'm just saying it. I'll name it and claim it. All right, uh, I haven't watched it. Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire. I know that one was on your list. It's on my list. Um, we're back. Um, I mean, Phoebe, uh, Trevor, Dr. Peter Vinkman, the gang, yeah. we're back. All right. Paul All right. Rudd. Okay. Whoever uh, his character's name is, it wasn't at the top of my list. So My last one, Wicked. Oh, I thought you were going to say the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie. No, I wasn't. I was not. Wicked, uh, part one, are they putting this in two parts? Yep. Does that seem weird? No. Nope. All right. Uh, it's a Broadway musical. Course tells the tale of the Wicked Witch of the West uh, from a different, you know, kind of perspective. Um, she's, you know, more sympathetic, obviously, in this story. I saw it. Saw the show in Chicago. Me too, but not in Chicago. That's oh, amazing. I saw it in Broadway. The music's wonderful. Ariana Grande will play Elphaba. Uh, I don't know. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, she'll play Glinda. Cynthia Arrivo is playing Elphaba. Okay, I feel better now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'd be weird without, um, what's her name? Adina Dazim or whoever John Travolta called her. <laughs> Adina Menzel. This poor lady. Um, <laughs> that is the, I watched that live. It's still the funniest thing I've ever seen. So the last one for me is... Sonic the Hedgehog 3. I haven't watched Sonic the Hedgehog 1 or 2. Super weird that it's on your what you're looking forward to list then. But Shadow is finally introduced into Sonic the Hedgehog universe. What do you mean finally? You didn't watch the first two. He wasn't in the first two. I know that much. You So you're not watching it unless Shadow's in it. Now I have to watch <laughs> the first two because it is building Because you won't Shadow. understand it? Yeah, oh, it's such, probably a story <laughs> of such depth and complexity. Um, Shadow the Hedgehog is the coolest out of the whole Sonic <laughs> gang, and that includes Sonic. I'll take your word for it. Did you come up with any things you're not looking forward to in 2024? Oh, I have just two things that I am looking forward to that we didn't discuss in the rapid oh, fire. Yeah, hit me. Um, wrestling. Both of them are wrestling things. Uh, first one. Um there's a lot of stuff going on with the WWE with who's going to hold the title because Roman Reigns has it. Uh, CM Punk's back. The Rock is challenging Roman Reigns. Cody Rhodes is like, let me finish the story. And I'm like, forget that storyline. R-Truth with the Judgment Day. Where's this going? It is cinematic gold right now. Pure comedy, pure joy. Um, so the judgment day is kind of like this dark faction that's very serious and kick buddy and they wear all black and then our truth joins them sort of, and he now has shirts printed with him with them that say live, laugh, love. And there's a member, uh, Ray Mysterio Jr. Son, Dominic Mysterio, and he calls him Tom and Nick, and he's been looking for Nick the whole time. 
I it's was, great. Yeah, I'll take your word for uh, it. Um, and then AEW, Swerve Strickland, I think, will win the title this year. Which, holy cow, this dude's maybe the best wrestler going, him and MJF. And then Tony Storm's character, she is hilarious. She's supposed to be like a 1930s, 1940s uh, Hollywood star persona, and she's over the top. And like her segments, her vignettes are filmed in black and white. Chef's kiss. Yeah. I think the best heels in wrestling are the ones that end up being funny. Yes. Like the NWO is like one of the greatest swerves of all time really is what the you know looking back bunch of formerly good guys go bad uh but the nba in the, the, uh, to me it fizzles out pretty quick you know, on rewatch especially it loses its luster fast you know when it gets interesting again when big papa pump becomes big papa pump <laughs> <laughs> and he's just up there like saying i'm the, i'm the big bad booty daddy <laughs> like so stinking hilarious and, oh. and just wrong all at the same time. Yes. But I remember laughing so much uh, at, uh, what was his real name? Scott Steiner. <laughs> Scott Steiner. <laughs> I don't even remember him as Scott Steiner. He's big Papa Pump to me. Scott. Um, yeah. So I have a list of things I'm not looking forward to. Okay. In 2024. You, One. You tell me. Elections. Oh, uh, that's going to be miserable. It's going to suck. It's going to be so bad. Are we are, are these two old dudes really what we're choosing from again? Is this what we I cannot fathom this is what most Americans want. Can we go younger? When's as a member of Gen X, when's going to be our time? When's as, our time? As someone that's almost old enough to run for president. Gosh! Let me run. <laughs> Somebody younger, please. These men had their time. They've both been president. Get them out of there and let's get some new people. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, I'm not looking forward to elections. Yeah. And I'm not looking forward to it because, man, everyone gets so wrapped up in it. And cranky. Yeah, and we totally lose humanity in it. It just it's, bums me out. Um, all of Sony's spider m- movies that aren't animated, their live action stuff. Madam Web, Web, Craven. I was waiting for you to say those two on the must watch. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to watch them. They look awful. Craven, they're turning him into like a environmentalist, which is like completely. That's not. He's the hunter. He kills animals. That's his whole reason for being. I have on my list Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire. Oh, let me explain. Oh, I'm just nervous. Ghostbusters Afterlife was so good. It was so good. It was the way that you should really, I really think that we kind of nailed, like the first season of Cobra Kai, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, we kind of nailed this way we can go back and and do these beloved things from the 80s. Uh, And Ghostbusters Afterlife was perfect to me. And I, I saw the trailer for this one and I'm just like, I don't know. Um, it looks like a a bad theme park experience. Come ride Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Well, they made sequels to the original Ghostbusters movies. It's in a theater and the seat in front of you blows mist on your face. <laughs> Cold mist. Um, I actually am intrigued by that. Sign me up. And, uh, 
Oh, you got one. You got something. Not? I do have something. Oh, all right. Go ahead. I have one more thing. So. Twisters. <laughs> I thought about putting that on my what I'm not looking forward to list. I don't need it. We don't need it. Nobody needs it. I mean, no Bill Paxton, no Philip Seymour Hoffman. Why? Why do it? I get that there's multiple groups that chase tornadoes. Then use Reed Timmer. Use the real guy. If Reed Timmer's in this, you got my eight bucks or how much ever. Okay, hold on. There's no way Reed Timmer's not a cameo in this, right? Reed Timmer cameos in this movie for sure. He better if he doesn't. I'm out. I'd put my house on it, and I'm not a betting man. I'm going to be living in Dave's house. (laughs) Uh, The last thing I'm not looking forward to, the movie Civil War. Now, look. Oh, Nick Offerman as the president? If it's an honest take on the fascism of thought that currently exists, that is engaged on across the political spectrum and ideologies, that that it's putting us all under the microscope, I'm in. Like, I think there's a real smart story you could tell here that says the problem with the way we think now. And if the way, like, listen, if you're hearing that me say that and you're like, well, Dave, it's not so much the, the Republicans, it's the Democrats. Or if you're saying it the other way around, then you're part of the problem. It goes on across the spectrum. And it's that, it's that fascism of thought, this idea that like my side is right and the other side is evil. It's not that they have different worldviews. It's just straight evil. And both sides do it. If it's an honest take on that and what it leads to, then I'm here for it. What I'm what I'm worried about is that it's a progressive snuff film. It's it's gonna like Offerman's basically a Trump character, and it's gonna show, oh, this is what the problem with conservative thinking is. Like, come on. There's been conservative and liberal ideologies for the existence of humanity. Mm. The difference is how we think about the other side now. We are a little bit more polarized, as the kids would say. A little a little too much polarized. So there's a smart way they could do this movie that I'm in for. But if it's a Hollywood liberal kind of like take on just conservative parts of the country, which that's the thing. You should go visit those parts of the country. Here in Kansas, we should go visit New York City. We should talk to people and engage in relationship because I guarantee you it's not what you think. Mm. I, I hear takes all the time about middle America from people on the coast, and I'm just like, yeah, they've never been here. They have no idea. I hear takes all the time on, on church people. I'm just like, yeah, listen, we're in the most conservative part of our conservative state and I don't know many, like, quote-unquote, hardcore Trumpers. They vote for him because it's so, they don't get a choice. You got <laughs> – when you're two choices of these two dudes, you got to vote for one of them. Um, this movie looked intriguing to me. It like, it wasn't a must-watch, but it would be an eventually watch, probably. Um, I'm intrigued. I – Again, it goes back to the whole election cycle thing. That yeah, do you think it's an accident that it comes out this year? No, it's not. Um, I am definitely, I guess, more desensitized to the whole election process. It used to be something that I'm like, ooh, I get to vote this go round. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Yeah. 
and now it's like, okay, I guess I'll do my civic duty. Please give me my sticker. I care the least I've ever cared about elections. I just don't care. Local elections I care about because it feels like there's some something in there that matters that I affect more. When it comes to like presidential elections, I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I don't care which of these two dudes wins because I'm not super confident in either one of them. It's just a terrible place to be. Uh, it is what it is and will be what it will be. It's a good thing we're not a political uh, podcast. No, we are not. Where, like, I quote my good buddy JC when he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has its own worries. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So I'll probably see that movie because it's intriguing for sure. Trailer's intriguing. I just worry that it's, uh, you know, super political. Um, Okay. So tell us what you're looking forward to in 2024. This is important stuff because we might decide what our watch alongs will be on based on like feedback, based on what we've talked about the TV shows, what we do in the shadows, <laughs> what we review as far as movies. Um, so obviously we're going to review Deadpool three. That's, you know, a given what, but no, you, that surprises you news. Breaking news. That's <laughs> breaking news. All right. Tell us tell us what you're looking forward to in 2024. Tell us what you agree with, disagree with. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you've reviewed us and given us five stars. And share us with your friends on social media. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Share the posts. We'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.